All right. All right. Hey, I, I want you to know I got to go on Thursday and just kind of be the speaker, but I was not, not needed. These, they had it, and it was going awesome. And um, I, I would just tell you uh, one of the things that for Laura that she loves about this is that that now, that house is a place where parents know they can come. By the way, for maybe even issues in their lives, not just their kids. That is, and so that's why that's so impactful, is it's taken that into the community. And so I'm just really blessed to have that. Could you switch over my screen, please? I think I'm ready to go. We'll see if we can have this. All right, so here's what I have. I have 20 minutes with you to go really fast, uh, and I will. So here's uh, what also is happening. Uh, Brett is over at the park, running around picnic tables, trying to save them for all of you people, Right? So he's shushing people away from your table. So when we're done, you got to get over there because he's like putting things out going, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of people here in a minute. It's just him right now. Uh, Lindsay is running a race this morning. Uh, he's an overachiever and I'm a little bitter, but that's just what he's doing. Uh, and, uh, and so we're here to talk about this. So I get 20 minutes and are you ready? Set and uh, go. So here, here we go. We're going to be doing this thing uh, today called uh, Enjoy uh, the Favor. And I will walk into that in a minute as to why uh, and what that's about. Um, awesome. We're having all sorts of fun with this right now. It's showing, right? There it is. All right. And so the idea of Enjoy the Favor and, and, and the reason why that becomes important is because we're going to talk about the fact that we have a God that wants us to have fun. We have a God that wants us to enjoy each other as family. We have a God that wants us to be a part of each other's lives. So this is not a part of our equipping series. This is a standalone message for us to talk about why we're going to the park. Why are we going to sit down and play volleyball? You know what that is, but you will in a little bit. Why are we going to uh, eat good food? Why are we going to share stories? Why are we going to do that? Because we have a God who cares about those things. And so my job for the next few minutes is to help us talk about this because I think sometimes we don't see the need that we have to celebrate and be together. In Acts chapter 2, verses 46 to 47, it says this, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes... They received their food with glad and generous hearts. This is the 3,000 people after Pentecost are now beginning to do life together. By the way, under a different title. Now it's under this title of Christian and I've accepted Christ. And they're starting to do this life and trying to understand what it means to be a follower of him. They're understanding that he's the fulfillment of the Messiah, but they're, they're talking. And so they're sitting at tables. They're having meals They're talking, they're laughing, they're discussing, maybe they're debating a little bit. But nonetheless, it says they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. So there's this exchange that is going on. Watch this. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Having favor with all the people. That we are together and that there is this idea of favor. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. So that's how we're starting this idea that how do we enjoy the favor of each other? We've all come from different backgrounds. We've all come from different areas. Some of you came here from other states. Some of you, by the way, came here from other backgrounds, even religiously. Some of you came from Catholic or Presbyterian or Baptist. Yes, we still accept the Baptists. (laughs) But the idea is you've come from different things and yet you come down. And yes, 
There are those of you that come from different sports teams. We have the Niners. We have the Raiders. And we have God's team, the Cowboys. We have these things that we bring together. And we sit and we talk and we share and we have these moments of life. And what's interesting, it's in these moments of life that God begins to move. And that's what I want us to talk about. On Mark 6, 30-31, I love this passage for so many reasons. Um, I, I, I see so much happening here. But it says this, The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. Meaning, Jesus had finally done this thing where he said, Hey, watch me do this. Now do it with me. Now you go and do it. And they just gone and done it. This is where they go off and, and they've been teaching throughout the region. And they're so excited. You hear in other gospels of, of learning, they're preaching and, and they're healing and they're doing all these things. They're so excited. They've done the work. Does that make sense? They've done the work. Watch. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. I think they were like, probably like, you know, kids coming back from camp. Oh, and we did this and we did this and we did, oh, you can't, we did this, right? All of that. But watch what Jesus does. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place. That sounds like it's a sad, like, into the desert. No, it just means quiet. And rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. They've been so on it. They've been going at 100 miles an hour. He goes, no, I got it. You want to tell me everything? I got it. Can we go over here? Let's eat. Let's talk. Let's rest. Today is about us sitting maybe in chairs or on a blanket and just sitting and talking and resting and enjoying the favor of each other. Because some of you have done it. Some of you need to ask Michaela more about what happened on Go Big because maybe your backyard will have 22 kids in it next year. And maybe you'll see how God wants to use you to reach the inner circle, even through your children. Or you're the one that's going to start a group that will meet at the coffee, sh uh, coffee room of your office or meets at a coffee shop and begins. But there's these times when we need to get together and we need to rest. In Psalm 96, verses 11 to 12, we get this. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees and the forest sing for joy. There is something about how God has created us for celebration, has created us to do the wave, has created us to, to share these things that happen. I want you to know that we see Jesus, specifically Jesus, right, going to celebrations. He endured, I mean, went to a wedding, right? In that wedding time, he made something happen at that wedding. But he goes to celebrations. Matter of fact, he feasts. People are bringing him into his house and they're feeding him. And by the way, we have a God of the Old Testament of the feast, the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast um, of First Fruits. And we have all these times where God would call his people together and said, sit, eat, share, take a break from, focus on, talk through. God implemented times of rest and fun. And so we Jesus at these moments doing these things. Now, I want to talk to you about this real quick. 
Have you ever felt like sometimes in the Bible that there's a little bit too much of what I'm going to say, these and thys, and so you, it's almost like the people were not normal people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like they're the holy people. They, they do holy things. And then you look at your life and you're like, uh, I just make it through the day. I'm just trying to get my kids dressed and maybe hair combed, and I'm happy with that. And I have to believe that in all reality, that is true for the people of the Bible as well. But if you put, again, the King James language on it, it just sounds holier. Does that make sense? So I want to tell you a story, and I want you to see something. And by the way, I am going to take the side of the one that usually someone doesn't take the side of. It is this. It is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. Now, here's the thing. If it's only Jesus, that's fine. Jesus has an entourage. Have you guys figured this out? There is a minimum, minimum of 12 people with him anytime he goes someplace. Does that make sense? 12 men. Now, the Bible says at the times you could get up into the hundreds, like 140, 172 different people that would be traveling with him. But Jesus comes into a village And a woman named Martha welcomed her into her house. Now, let's not deal with a hundred. Let's just deal with a twelve. Does that make sense? Twelve men just came into the village and she said, okay, come on in. Does that that make sense? Now, I I filter this honestly through my wife, Jody. My wife loves hospitality. Uh, she just loves it. She loves when people are in her house and she just goes into a mode that is amazing. Does that make sense? She's foods flying out and things are happening. She just does that. Now we live in Sinol and Sinol because of the traffic. And by the way, because everyone now uses these apps to use uh, the Kenyan as a shortcut to get to our house can take up to an hour at times. And so a lot of our boys' friends were just like, we're not going to go. It just takes too long to get there. But if any of them ever come, she pounces on them, right? Because she's like, they're here, they're here, I'm going to feed them, right? So if, the, if, if Ethan's friends or Ben's friends come there, all of a sudden, she just goes into this thing, right? And food, and it, it's, it's my food, right? <laughs> like, she's getting the stuff that I've hidden at the back of the fridge, and she's pulling that stuff out. I'm like, no, not that! I was saving that. She just looks at me like, it's fine, right? And throws it out at them. And, and, and in doing so, like, I remember, remember what we had, all of a sudden I was like, there was a, a, a bag of Oreo, there was a bag, a full bag of Oreo cookies here, and there was only one kid who came to visit. Does that make sense? Gone. So, so here's the thing. If I, I know, Jody, if, if, if 12 shows up, she's going to find food and hospitality for 12. Does that make sense? That's just her heart. So I see Martha who goes, yeah, you, and, and let's say there's just the 12. She's got to feed 12. And this way it's now, again, a woman named Martha welcomed her into his house. And she and her sister, and she had a sister called Mary. Who, and by the way, they had a brother named Lazarus, who by the way is the one who gets raised from the dead. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now Jesus sits in the house and just begins to teach. And Mary, who maybe was helping for a little bit, all of a sudden just finds herself slinking down and just sitting and listening. And Martha's running around. And she's trying to get everyone fed. And she's trying to figure out what they want. And oh, you're vegan and you're whatever. Just trying to figure these things out. Lactose intolerant, which is my favorite. So, So in that, she's trying to figure this out. And Mary's just sitting there. 
But Martha was distracted with much serving. But by the way, I'm going to... I get it. I know I'm not supposed to change the verb here. But maybe she was also using her gift of hospitality. Does that make sense? That's her gift. It's how she loves people. It's the way she shows. Some of you, it's like, just, just give me a chance to cook for people. Give me a chance to love on them. Give me a chance to let them sit in my house. And what you're happiest is when the place is going crazy. And what drives you sometimes nuts about your house is that it's too quiet. But she does notice that her sister is just kind of not helping. And so she says, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do, not, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? <laughs> Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And here's what's interesting is that Jesus goes, listen, there's always going to be time for meals and there's always going to be time for food, but you're not always going to have me. That's what he's really saying. You're not always going to have me. So, Mary's taking advantage of something that is going to be pretty rare. That's what she's doing. So he's not upset with her. But I, but I think the moment that Jesus was done teaching, I'm sure Mary popped up and helped. But let me just say this. I think it is beautiful that there's just this story of being together and there, Mar- Martha just wanting everyone to be happy and fed and full and together. Because service happens there. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. The 12 guys had just invaded the house. And Martha just wanted to give a gift. Now here's the deal. Yes, Mary did choose the best thing to sit at the feet of Jesus. If Jesus is there, you should always sit at the feet of Jesus. But also never miss the chance that we have to use our homes and use our lives and use these things to throw parties and bring people together. And yes, Martha wanted her sister to help, but I also know that I think really in Martha's heart, she just really wanted to serve. And so I just want you to know that as we get together, some of you um, were so excited to make a side dish for today's party. And some of you are like, I'm on my way uh, to Safeway on the way. And by the way, that's all good. It's all good. Some of you made a pineapple upside down cake for Lindsay. It's good. It's fine. There's other staff members. I'm just saying that. (laughs) But but, but in this, it's because you, by the way, but as you made that cake, you enjoyed it because you knew that was a gift. Does that make sense? There's so many gifts, so many things that we do, and we have a God that wants us to use our gifts to celebrate. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes in to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. He didn't ask us all to be monks sitting in, eating small portions and praying. He, he wants us to celebrate and he wants us to have a good time and he wants us to go and have this day in the park and to laugh and to play with the kids and make that life abundant. We need to pray. We need to celebrate. We need to do those things. Now, I will tell you something. Men's Summit is coming. And we're going to have a chance maybe for you over there for some of you guys to sign up. We are planning Men's Summit. Can I tell you that, guys, I am so excited about the Men's Summit that's coming up that we're calling Deployed. Okay? Um, Let me just say this. This is an actual quote, an actual quote from our planning meeting. Hey, Brett, can you call your police friend to find out if we do this that we won't get too much in trouble? 
That is an actual quote from the planning of the men's summit. Anytime you got to check with the local police to find out if what you have planned is going to get you in trouble, it is going to be a good time. All right? We have, some thi- we have never done what we're going to do at this men's summit. And, and I've been known in the past to do some crazy stuff. So uh, it is going to be great. But listen, here's the deal. This is what I love about this, and i got three minutes to finish this up. I was in, I was in junior high, and it, it was a weird thing. I've never, by the way, seen this video ever again. It was a Saturday afternoon, and it was a story about Jesus. And I can't tell you, I mean, you know, I had all the characters, everyone was there. But my favorite scene that has stayed with me to this day is that they're sitting there as the 12 of them. And then one of them takes one of their tunics, rolls it up and ties it in knots and made what is in essence a football. And they start doing a basically a version of keep away uh, from, the, you know, uh, tackle, well, basically way to say it is tackle the man with a football. The best part of the scene is, is that Peter gets the ball and Jesus comes and goes horizontal and lays out Peter. (laughs) I have never seen this video before. I don't know where it came from. The best thing is, is that Peter's on the ground, knocked the wind out of him, and all of the other guys are just laughing at him and just pointing at him. And and they they do. And then the other guys go on to keep playing, and then it's just Peter and Jesus just laughing and laughing and laughing. Let me tell you why I love that, because I, I want you to know this. I have a rule. Uh, a, bo- a boy or a man, however you want to say it, by themselves is a problem. You start adding other men and things go down in IQs pretty quick. <laughs> you get enough men together, eventually someone says, hey, hold my drink. I bet you I can kick that off your head. Someone is going to say that. <laughs> right? And you can't tell me that in the three years that he traveled with these 12 guys that there wasn't a few wrestling matches or a few things that happened, right? Because I just know guys. You get them together, that's what happens. Here's what I want to say to you. We should not always see Jesus sitting on a rock teaching. We should see Jesus putting a child on his lap and laughing and sitting at tables and having a good meal to the point that those around him called him a glutton and a drunkard. That was the title they gave him because he understood the power of being with people. And I think people enjoyed his presence. I think people laughed. It is believed that when Jesus tells a story of the speck and the log, that type at that time would have been an absolute humor piece. We take it all serious. They believe that Jesus most likely was picking up a stick and holding it up to his eye and making a humorous example of what that looks like. If God created humor and we love to laugh, I can't believe that every message that he gave was this solemn, oh, holy thou. I think there's times that he, the crowd just laughed. Just laughed. So here's where I want us to end. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 13. You all know this. There's a season for everything, right? Everything, there's a season. A time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up. Uh, what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance and a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. And it goes on and on and on. But notice what it says, a time to dance. A time to dance. A time that we celebrate, a time that there is festivities, a time when there's good music. We all understand that passage, but I want you to see this. It goes on in verse 9. We gain, uh, what gain has the worker from his toil? 
Why do you go to your office? Why do you go to your shop? Why do you uh, go to your uh, 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 place of work? What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with, right? And sometimes it just feels that. We're just busy. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. There's eternity. There's something beyond us in our heart. This can't be everything. But watch this. I perceive that there was nothing better. Listen, I perceive. By the way, this is Solomon, the wisest man in the world, who, by the way, did everything, tried everything, tasted everything, tried to be foolish, tried to be smart. You plant gardens, he planted forests. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. And also that they should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. The way to say it is, work a hard day's work, but go home, have a good meal, and enjoy your family. And enjoy each other. So, why are we saying this? We want you to understand as a church, it's not just coming in and singing songs. It's not just coming in and having Bible studies. It's not just coming in and doing these things. It's about doing life. And in doing life, yes, that means someone's going to say, hey, I think I can kick that off your head. And then we have YouTube videos, right? But there's life of just saying, let's, let, let's laugh. Let's tell stories. Let's be like little children. Let us find the joy in those things. Our desire for having this church and the park is that we would come, have a very short, we're almost done. Literally, I'm, I'm the last thing you got, and then you're heading to the park, okay? Um, is that we would go and then sit and maybe you would sit down with somebody and find out about them and find out where they're from or tell stories or, 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 or find out how God moved in their lives. But it doesn't have to be all that. It could just begin, who's your favorite team and what do you do and, and why do you do it and why do you like it? We have a God that wants to give us life and give it to us abundantly. And yes, there's times when there needs to be deep prayer and intercession. We're going to pray for a couple of people at the end here. But there's times also to laugh, heartily laugh. And so with that, um, I want to pray. I wanna, before I pray, I want to talk about three things. Uh, first of all, Brian, Barton, are you here? Uh, Brian's leaving for the Marines tomorrow, and we want to pray for him, all right? And we just want to pray for... Uh, uh, the life that he's going to have and what he's going to do and how God's going to use that. We want to let you know that if everything goes well, which we are praying for, Jerry Lovejoy should be able to go home this Friday. And we're praying for that. All right. and, and then we have other things that I want to pray for. I, we want to pray, um, honestly, for Charlotte and for Chuck. We're going to continue to lift up that scenario and just pray, and I will do that just in a minute, um, that Chuck and the doctors and, and, and we, can, we can sit in that scenario. And, and so I'm going to pray for those things. And then you, you, you can't leave because I got some things to show you up on the screen. So let me pray. And I'm going to show you something on the screen. And then you're going to run and you're going to go help Brett hold down tables. All right? So here we go. Let me pray. Father, 
We come first of all on behalf of Charlotte and Chuck, that Father, that you would be in that situation and you would give um, wisdom and, um, to doctors and obviously that you would be in Chuck's heart, that Father, that he would um, hear you and what you would have for him to do and we just give that situation over to you. Please, Father, intercede. We want to praise you for Antoinette getting better. We want to praise you for those times in which you have moved. And uh, again, we want to thank you um, for those things. And, and, and we want to bless you. But Father, we also want to bless you that Jerry Lovejoy is finally going to be able to go home. But Father, that doesn't mean he's out of the woods. He has a lot of work to do. He still has got to grow stronger. But we're excited that he would be able to be with his family. And Father, we pray for Brian. We pray for him as he makes his choice to go into the Marines. That Father, that you would be with him, that you protect him. But Father, that also you would make him a light in the darkness. That he would be one that Father would, in everything, Father, he would do what he's asked to do. But there would be something about him that other people would ask why. And that Father, I ask you to be with our time at the park. That there would be laughter. That people would just get to enjoy each other. And that Father, in doing so, we would lift up your name just in our laughter alone. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.